University Theologians. Super excited to be back with you today. I um, want to give a quick shout out. Uh, we've had a couple craft beer highlights the last few episodes. Um, and want to give a shout out to one of my good friends, Patrick Hardy, who uh, <clears throat> runs a coffee shop called Hardy's Coffee Bar out in Flemington, New Jersey. Uh, if you're not familiar with New Jersey, it's really like central New Jersey, uh, kind of close to Princeton area, about halfway between Philly and New York. Um, but small town and uh, the town's starting to kind of uh, update and get some like newer types of restaurants and they've got a brewery there and now a couple coffee shops. And so uh, my good friend, uh, started doing some roasting a couple years ago, and uh, that was going pretty well, but really had a dream of opening really his second coffee shop. Uh, he opened the first one, sold that, um, and now has opened his second one in Flemington. And can I just say, the coffee is great. I'm super partial to African coffees, with Ethiopian Yirgacheff being my hands-down favorite, no contest, Love that light, fruity uh, style that the Ethiopian coffees come with. And so uh, when I was there last, he had one that was just really on point, super dynamite roast. So if you're somebody who's in central New Jersey or heading that way to visit family or friends or going up the East Coast, heading towards New York or something like that, it's definitely worth a stop. You will not be disappointed. Everything that they do there is delicious. Plus, they've got these killer bakery items. I mean, you know, it's not weird to have bakery items in a coffee shop, but um, the stuff they have in there is just on another level. So stop in, check it out. Hardy's Coffee Bar, Flemington, New Jersey. Super cool. Uh, Going to be having him on the show here in the near future excited about that of course we'll hear more about the coffee industry and uh, what he's doing but also hoping to talk a little bit about integrating faith into the marketplace whether you're a business owner or you're working for a company it doesn't matter there's always this this tension of how do I both live out of my values and be successful because there's so much in America that's pointing us towards over-aggression and things like that that would steal away from uh, maybe some of the values that we hold dear, unethical ways of getting ahead and things along those lines. So really excited about that. Make sure you're tuning back in and checking back on the podcast to see when that episode comes available, hopefully in the next week or two. But uh, really excited about that. So this morning, I wanted to take just a quick minute. I'm not going to take as much time because this is more of like a fun theory that I get kind of excited about and jazzed about. But, you know, it's just that. It's a theory. And so I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time uh, going through, through it for you guys just because I really would rather whet your appetite. And in general, that's really my whole approach to this thing. We've got 15, 20-minute episodes. They're pretty short. My goal isn't to be your theological educator. My goal, hopefully, with our episodes is to throw some ideas out there, see what sticks, create conversation, and maybe you guys come back and, again, like, 
in, in time, we start to create as a community a way of life, a way of living, a way of understanding faith and worldview that's maybe deeper and more meaningful to all of us uh, because we're all contributing to it rather than, um, you know, me just telling you how it is, this is what the Bible says, or this is good theology, other, all the other stuff's bad theology, right? I'm not really looking to, to be that person or that resource for you. I'm looking to be the guy who piques your interest, share something a little bit different, maybe a new perspective or something like that. Um, and together we dive into it and together we come to uh, a better place as a community than any one of us could have on our own. So with that being said, what I wanted to share with you is kind of this idea of quantum theory, quantum entanglement, and how that impacts theology. Um, it's kind of been a, a topic that's gotten a little bit more um, attention in recent years as quantum physics has become more and more popular, as new discoveries have become available to the general public in ways that they can understand less technical language and things like that. And we've got some really interesting authors out there who are doing some great work. Um, for somebody who's like really at the forefront of talking about how quantum entanglement impacts the human condition and our interrelationships with each other, with the world around us, and of course with God, definitely would encourage you to check out uh, Catherine Keller. Uh, I believe that she is at Drew University in New, in New Jersey. Um, I believe that's a Methodist university, but uh, she's talking a lot about this quantum entanglement idea and what is, how does it impact us. And some of her stuff is a little bit dense. It's a little bit hard to grab, but uh, I would encourage you. She's on a handful of podcasts um, that you can find her on. I think she was on the Deconstructionist podcast. I think she might have been on um, Newsworthy with Norsworthy. I don't know if those are ones that you're familiar with, but I think she's been on a couple of these. And um, I think that her like more conversational uh, sharing about the ideas are, are much more accessible. But check her out, Catherine Keller. If this piques your interest, that's a great place to go. Um, so quantum entanglement. The whole idea behind quantum entanglement is that we are just now beginning to uncover new layers of existence and being. You know, for the longest time, people didn't even know what an atom was. They didn't even know what a germ was, for crying out loud, right? And so um, then over time, they, they, they um, discovered the atom. And then after they discovered the atom, they started digging a little bit deeper and learned about protons and neutrons and electrons, right? Nucleus, all of these things that we all learn in science growing up in, in high school and even elementary uh, grades and stuff like that. But um, the really interesting thing is that as they continue to dig deeper and as technology develops to be able to splice these even smaller, is that they're seeing deeper and deeper and deeper layers of um, entities, or I don't know if that's even the right, particles maybe is a better term, um, underneath all of these atoms and protons and all of this stuff. Um, one of the more recent ones, one of the more recent discoveries is the discovery of the Planck um, uh, atom or Planck, I don't even know. Forgive me, my technical terms with this topic are not uh, completely dialed in. But from a theoretical perspective, 
the idea is that these planks are smaller than any of the other entities that build up the matter that we experience in this world. They're the smallest that we have discovered to date. Um, some call them the God particle, um, but whatever the term is, these Planck particles are, are number one, they are deeply connected, and number two, they seem, at least at this point in our scientific discoveries, they seem to be the most basic building block in our world. And so what that means for us is, uh, first of all, they're deeply connected. What I mean by that is not just that they're connected to the other Planck um, particles around them, surrounding them in any given entity. It's not like that. Um, in fact, there were some Chinese researchers, um, it's been a couple of years now since they've been able to do this, but they were able to splice an atom uh, in such a way that each half went uh, flying in the opposite direction at the same speed and everything. And the difference was one atom, one of the halves, they used as kind of for their control where they um, inserted a, um, a stopping point for it. And it was really interesting that when they stopped the one half, the other half instantly stopped as well. And so as they introduced new conditions to one, it affected the other half, even though by the time they did that, literally the two atoms were miles apart from one another. Really interesting stuff. But it goes back to this idea of the Planck uh, particle, that this this minimal minimum ex, uh, excuse me this minimal building block of all of matter and all of existence is so connected that even when um, its counterpart is miles away, impacting one has impact on another. So uh, let's bring this down to some more practical elements then, real quick. Uh, from the first perspective is that means that we are deeply uh, connected to the people around us. There's this idea in at least Western culture that, well, I'm not hurting anyone else, so I can be a drug addict. I can um, cheat on my wife or something like that, right? I'm not hurting anybody else. And so that's an excuse that we use to justify our actions and nullify any kind of judgment that can be passed. Uh, and, and this conversation isn't about that, but it is to say that that's not true. If quantum entanglement really means that we are more deeply connected at a far more fundamental and basic level than we had ever imagined in, in times past, then what that also means is that when I do something with my life, with my body, with my actions and my emotions, then by default, it's also impacting whatever other plank organisms are connected to my planks in the world. And maybe the other one is in China, right? I do something here in the state of Michigan and over in Hong Kong, it has an impact on somebody else. Um, again, this is just a theory. I'm kind of fleshing this out based on the, the ideas that I do know and I do understand about the connectedness of these atoms and these basic elements. Um, but uh, um, 
the thought is then that we are more connected than we have ever been. And so um, one of the other elements to that is the whole ecological discussion. We're talking about saving our earth, being good stewards of it. We're not dumping garbage into our rivers and oceans. We're uh, cutting back on the consumption of fossil fuels. Um, Let's trade out things like um, plastic water bottles for reusable water bottles. Think all of these things, right? Those are the things that are getting our our attention and um, getting the forefront of the conversation about the ecological and environmental discussion. But again, if we are deeply connected to the other plank particles that we are connected with, then when the ocean is destroyed uh, little by little, when a a forest is cut down um, one tree at a time, right? If you are connected as an individual at the atomic level with those items and those elements, it could affect you. And so we hear all these conversations about um, an increase in depression, an increase in anxiety, an increase in you know, all of these other psychological issues, the dysfunction of the family. There's all of these things that get talked about and pointed to in our world, especially in Western culture, especially in America. And we're looking at them and we're kind of scratching our heads and we have a few ideas about what might be going into that. And of course, it's more complex than just one thing. But maybe, just maybe, as things around us deteriorate in our environment, wouldn't wouldn't that then maybe begin to erode ourselves as well, right? If there was less urbanization, less pollution, um, less subjugation of our environment in centuries and millennia past, and also at that time there was less depression, less all of these other things, right? Then is it possible that maybe in the destruction of the world around us, we also are slowly but surely destroying ourselves as well. I know that I've had this several times over the course of my life, and especially in the last few years, um, where you wake up and you're just in a funk, right? Or um, maybe at some point in the day, it just seems like your mood switches. You can't really point to anything. You don't know what you're anxious about. You don't know why you're grumpy, right? You had a good night's sleep last night, a great breakfast this morning. But you know what? Life sucks right now. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how to explain it. But again, could it be that there's a connectedness that's going on that's influencing you that you had been previously unaware of? And there's no way of knowing who or what you might be connected to in this world, at least, at least at this point. But knowing that there is a connectedness might impact our way of understanding why we have these sudden shifts in mood, and um, sentiment and anxiety and things along those lines. And so um, these are some of the basic, fundamental, kind of practical outworkings of this whole conversation around quantum entanglement. Uh, But I just wanted to share that with you this morning. It's something that I've thought about on several occasions. And, um, you know, one of the most practical places or real places where I feel like I notice a difference Um, sometimes, uh, when I go hiking, I love to hike, I love to fish, um, that sort of stuff. But when you're out 
in the woods and you're surrounded by nature, there is something that I feel like happens uh, deep inside of me, a connectedness, just joy increases and your um, senses seem to be more aware and active and acute. And so, um, again, you know, I just think like, man, that's so cool. And why does that happen? And, um, you know, I actually have an inside joke with a couple of my uh, friends and my boss who I've kind of discussed this with before, but um, (laughs) we call them the the Medichlorians. Um, The Medichlorians are flowing right now. Um, And so uh, just kind of a fun way to just kind of you know, note that, hey, like, I'm feeling the impact of something that I can't quite describe, but I think that it has something to do with my connection is uh, deeper right now, more aware, more aligned, whatever it might be. Um, And isn't that the whole point of, like, consciousness and meditation is to become more aware? It's a lot of people think it's about um, ridding your mind of anything. Uh, and I think that there are some forms that do that. But so much more, it's about um, becoming more aligned with and connected to the world around you. What's going on here? And um, um, just being, being able to put aside all the noise of our world and recognize that. And so... You know, maybe for us, it's uh, that the metachlorians are flowing. For other people, it's their their meditation uh, ritual or rhythm in their lives. But whatever the case, uh, just wanted to share that with you as it's something that's been on my mind and thought, you know, this isn't something I hear people talking about a lot. So let's just throw it out there and, and see if it sticks, see what people's thoughts are. So uh, jump onto the, the website um, and uh, leave some comments there and engage with the topic from today's podcast, but also um, encourage you to uh, rate our podcast on um, iTunes as well as Spotify and things like that, anywhere that you find, find this podcast. If you could leave a review that would be awesome because it will help other people join the conversations that we're starting here um, and allow us to um, even be able to in the in the future find guests that would be really interesting to hear from so all right well thank you so much and uh, until next time stay thirsty